Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome everyone to the Film Vault. That is Anderson. This is Brian Bishop. Early morning recording today. Rare early morning recording for uh, our annual Top 5 Ball Preview episode. The Top 5 or more movies we're looking forward to coming to theaters, question mark, this fall. Uh, This is normally the uh, prestige, Anderson, the prestige season. We're going to get a lot of films that could be uh, revisited around Oscar time, award season. And we will count down the ones we're most looking forward to seeing, mm-hmm. perhaps, mm-hmm. possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this episode. I love doing this one. I love doing the research for it. I love looking ahead. I love getting excited, uh, seeing movies that, or seeing names and titles uh, of movies that will become household names. Uh, some of these, some of them, not so much. But some of these movies are movies that we'll be referring to and talking about for years to come, maybe f- even for the rest of our lives, Brian. And. Awesome. For some of our listeners, this might be the first time they even hear some of these uh, titles that will be a part of their lives forever. So it's it's fun. It's exciting. It's meaningful. It's got purpose. A lot of a lot of volatility in my list. I'm looking at my list. I don't feel 100% confident in any one of these movies being great. Mm. Um, I hope they're all great, but there is a there is a uh, a floor for these films that is uh, low. Like you, there's a world where my one through five. Uh, all are, are bad. I hope that's not true, but uh, the, that's on the table. Well, I mean, can't you say that about any unknown entity in all walks of life, Brian? Yeah, I feel like there are certain movies you're like, yeah, that's going to be good no matter what. Uh, whereas mine all, all contains some volatility. There's more than I'd like. There's there's one on my list that I'd be shocked if I'm not uh, kind of floored by because I've been floored by this this director's work and every facet and everything that they've done thus far. So, and, and let me tell you this, Brian, a little, a little teaser. This is a, a fairly new revelation for me, this director. So this is a movie that's on my list that you won't hear until late in my list because it's my number two. Um, but I, I would, I, this is a film that probably would not have made it just as, as recently as last year, but now there's no way I don't have this director's work on my list. Uh, I should also say that, a bit of a cop out, but I'm doing the um, most recent to most distant. Uh, that's how I'm. I, I, I categorize. That's how I listed them. That's how I ordered them, Brian. So the my number ten. I'm doing ten. Uh, will be the one that's coming out most uh, earliest. Uh, Latest in the year. No, earliest. Uh, oh, going in order, okay, chronological. So okay, so you're you're okay. Yeah, so you're starting with the the ones that are coming up the soonest. 
Netting with the yeah. ones that are coming up uh, the farthest that's down. That's right. That's how. That's that's how I'm All doing right. it. That's how Look at you. I'm Look at you. doing it. But I'm, you know, I like to think of this as uh, of this show of this you know weekly program as a as a service. I like to help the listeners out, and uh, you know, I heard that we like to. Uh, you know, do all the work so that you, a lot of the heavy lifting. And obviously, you know, these are movies that we are excited about, not necessarily every single person listening to this would have the same list, but I think there's going to be a lot of crossover. Uh, do we even have, I think we have a listener list this week. I'll look for that during the break. I, hope so. I believe we do. I, I gave um, Avery the, the morning off because he was up very late last night mixing our show because we had to do uh remote recordings, which we try not to do, but, and we're not that great at it. Um, but I'm sick, and every time I have any kind of semblance of a uh, cold, I try to avoid Brian just because I don't want to complicate his life. God bless. Do not say God bless. And uh, yeah, I've taken a couple tests, and I and I have Novid, so I'm not I'm not infected with the COVID, but I have something that's just kind of making me feel depressed and sick and stuffy and overwhelmed. Uh, I just feel run down. So right. better safe than sorry, well, Brian. Let's uh, let's perk you up with a little uh, fall preview, huh? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, quick little announcement. I announced it last week too, but in case you didn't hear that, uh, I have cast that I can announce for my short film that will hopefully lead to the uh, narrative feature. And I'll just do it real quick here. I won't spend a whole lot of time, but uh, playing one of my leads is uh, a kid named Eddie Levy, a very, very talented, uh, young, up-and-coming actor named Eddie Levy. If you watch AP Bio, that's probably his most recognizable role. He plays Anthony on AP Bio, that uh, Glenn Howerton show, which you know, I've decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if the, the wife and I can watch that one because uh, I bet it's very funny. Uh, Glenn Howerton is always great, and I love Eddie Levy's role as Anthony in just what I've seen. I watched a ton of clips of of his work as Anthony on AP Bio, and he is signed on to the project that I'm that I wrote, and then I'll be shooting a, a short for called Loaded for Bear later in October. It's your responsibility. You got to check it out. I don't know if I have to watch that entire series, but uh, at least be got to do it. I've watched a lot of his on stage performances. I, I did my due diligence. Also, uh, coming to the uh, the production is a man named John Kapalos who is mostly known by our audience probably as Carl the... So forgive me if you already heard this in the last episode, but just doing a quick quick, quick uh, review here. Um, he is Carl the janitor in The Breakfast Club. He was also the oily bohunk in 16 Candles. He's also the sniffing accountant in Seinfeld, and he has been working uh, consistently uh, over the last many decades. Uh, as you might imagine, he has over 200 IMDb credits, and he has lots of range and he is down for the cause. He's just a, a, a swell individual. Uh, we spoke for uh, some time last week. I have a meeting scheduled with him tomorrow that I'm going to switch to a Zoom meeting because I'm sick. I don't want to get him sick. But uh, John Capolo is a very, very talented actor. Um, comes to the production. And then finally, I have a, a guy named Keith Coogan. I still think of him as a kid because I watched so much of his stuff when he was a kid, when I was a kid. But Keith Coogan, Brian, you're very familiar with Keith Coogan. Yeah, still forever be a kid in my mind. He was in Cousins. Uh, he was in Hiding Out with John Cryer. And then uh, also he was in both Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead and Adventures in Babysitting, which almost makes me feel like maybe I should change the pro my my film's title to something to do with babysitting even though it has nothing yeah, to do yeah, with totally. just to uh, appease mr uh, mr coogan but uh very excited to get all these guys together we'll be doing a table read here before we shoot the short and who knows you know this is all part of the process in getting the big project off the ground 
So if you would like to be involved, if you would like to be a part of this uh, in any shape or form, uh, go to loadedforbeardoc.com, loadedforbeardoc.com, and uh, you can contribute and become a part of it because uh, all of these efforts are are, are leading to us having um, a nice stable t- of, of proof of concept uh, with the documentary as well as the short film so that we can uh, go out and pitch it and try and get funding and get funding for the actual big feature narrative film, which I hope to be shooting uh, early next year, if not late this year, at least in pre-production. So I think we're on the right path and things are good. It's a very, very worthwhile cause and it's awesome. So, all right, yeah, exciting. Where do people go? Loaded for bearduck.com. Yes, and thank you for affording me this uh opportunity to uh, let our people know, Brian, what I'm up to. Um, when I'm oh, buddy, it's exciting when I'm not doing the old film vault or selling real estate. Now, I don't sell real estate, I bring buyers and sellers together. That's what I do in real estate. Yeah, that's you're a broker, that's what realtors do. I'm not technically a broker, I'm a I'm a I'm a licensee. Uh, I'm a real, I'm a realtor, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a misconception. People think that, you know, you sell houses if you're a realtor. No, the, the owner of the house is selling, you're brokering the deal. So in that sense, you are a broker. There you go. All right. Very cool. All right. We got a lot of uh, exciting stuff going on, including our top five or more. Yeah. Uh, if you're Anderson for our fall preview, let's, uh, let's dive in, man. How much crossover? I got to imagine a couple of mine are on your list. Yeah, I'd be shocked if we didn't have a couple crossover. And I think that you probably noticed in your research too, Brian, that I was kind of mentioning it on, on the, the FlickFashion episode that there is usually we're used to seeing almost all very top end type movies that have already screened and premiered at like cons or Sundance or TIFF or South by, you know, the big festivals or they're just big giant sure. studio movies, machine movies that are Oscar bait. And this year is different because of the strike. Uh, they have pushed a lot of movies. Some of the movies that were supposed to be coming out uh, this fall season are actually pushed to next summer. Uh, as is the case or spring, uh, like Dune. Dune is no longer, um, part of the fall, fall catalog. Oh, God damn. Yeah. Speaking of which, how much of my top five will not come out this year? I'm guessing the overrunner is one and a half. It's funny, and this is not unfamiliar territory. We, we went through similar things with COVID. In fact, we're still going through some after effects of COVID and uh, the schedule being all off. It used to be much more straightforward and easy to identify what, what's coming out and when because they were very forthcoming about it, and now uh, everything seems to be fluid. Uh, also throw in the, the uh, complications of streaming packages wow. and, and platforms, and it's 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 more difficult now than ever to um really be straight with as far as what movies that are getting theatrical releases and when uh yeah nailing down a release date for some of these is tough i have multiple days for a couple of movies but i think that the for the most part these movies will see the light of day before the year is over i do believe that to be the case because a lot of them have already been moved and now that they have solid dates so we will see if you recall last year i foolishly had a martin scorsese project on my top five uh fall preview i believe it was and here we are a year later and that same movie may or may not be on my list again this year because Mm -hmm. that that i'm still not sure if that was user error i think there really was some talk of it being ready for last year but maybe i'm foolish anyhow well either way we'll uh hear more about that later possibly more than once Mm -hmm. But uh, you should start off. You have two for each uh, entry. 
All right, but I feel like I talked so much. But all right, why don't, why don't I do this? Uh-huh. Uh, if you recall, we did a top five earlier in the year, Brian, where uh, I was letting you know of the sequels, prequels, and reboots yes. and remakes yes. that I was willing to watch. I had ta- uh, five of those that I, out of like the impossibly large list of Hollywood movies that are prequels, sequels, remakes, or re- reboots, and... Uh, one of the movies that was on that list is here at my number 10 for the fall preview, and that is The Exorcist Believer, which is not a reboot. Yes. It is a direct sequel to the first one, which I continue to cite as my scariest movie I've ever seen. I know I'm not alone when I say that. It is one of the, my favorite movies ever, The Exorcist. Uh, how can you not love that movie? It's just a masterpiece. And uh, I'm very curious to see what David Gordon Green does with this sequel. So... I can leave it there. Uh, Ellen Burstyn does make a return. Uh, a fitting tribute to the memory of Billy Friedkin, your friend. Brian, stop. But yes, it is uh, time-wise. Obviously, it was not orchestrated that way. But yes, it does come uh, on the heels of William Friedkin's uh, death. And we will see what David Gordon Green does with his idea of what should have been the essentially what should have been the direct sequel to the original Exorcist, because there have been a number. There have been sequels, right? Like like <laughs> schlocky sequels in the past. Yeah, I was. I I saw the one. There was like Day of the Locust, and then I know that uh, Brad Dourif uh, delivered a commanding performance in uh, Exorcist Three, but they weren't the type of movies that really are a good lineage to the original because the original was so good. Now, there's a good chance that this. This movie is not good. Uh, this is not the first time that uh, David Gordon Green has tried to update a horror film from the past. He did Halloween Kills, which came in with mixed reviews, to say the least. But uh, the least. he's he, he's been involved with a lot of the Halloween uh, movies. But uh, we will see. We will see. And, you know, even if I was doing this just most anticipated to least, uh, to, uh, least anticipated the most, The Exorcist would probably be the, the closest to not being on that on that list. The Exorcist Believer is the one that on my list that I'm least excited about, but I'm still excited and I will be seeing it. October 6th. October 6th is when it comes out. And then Brian? Yes, sir. There's a movie that uh, we've been all been, we've all been talking about for, for quite some time. Oh boy. It's impossibly long and it has a, a fantastic uh, cast and a, and a pretty good director. It's three hours, is it Dune? three hours and twenty six minutes. A man named Martin oh. Scorsese is the director. Eric Roth is one of the writers on it. Yeah, Eric Roth is a legendary uh, writer, and we have uh, both both D's in this. We have both D Nero and D Caprio. And as, I was told this is coming out last year. And as well as uh, John Lithgow is in here. Uh, Brendan Fraser. Uh, he's lost uh, some weight and he's able to get back on his feet. That's a horrible joke. Apologies and. Uh, and then we also have my boy Jesse Plemons, and of course, yeah, I'm don't bury the lead. Talking about Killers of the Flower Moon, and they just dropped a new trailer, a second trailer, and it looks very Scorsese. And you got to hope that it's not too Scorsese, like The Irishman was for my taste. Uh, I do mm. think that this one is going to hit the mark, and I, I, I can't imagine a world where this isn't up for Best Picture as well as a number of other uh, categories. Are you with me? Oh, Brian's not with me. Uh, I'm here. Okay, there you are. All right, so yeah, that's uh, we're very excited. We're we're all very excited. This is the only one that I think probably has the best shot of delivering on my list. 
All right, Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm, I'm on board. You might hear about it later in my list. I didn't go chronological like you. I didn't have just the discipline. Apologies. Number five for me. A uh, this this might have been higher on my list years ago, but it's a director I broke it up with. We did it. That might be a a good uh, episode to uh, update top five directors you've broken up with, uh, because Michael Mann and I had a a love affair that uh, burned bright and hot for a number of years. But uh, ever since Public Enemies, I never even saw Black Hat. And uh, uh, Miami Vice just just you know, fell off, fell off the Michael Mann train. But I bought a ticket for the train ride. I'm back on because he is directing Ferrari coming at Christmas Day, December 25th. Uh, Ferrari starring Adam Driver as the wait for it titular Enzo Ferrari. Mm. Uh, they did. Did, they have, did you probably don't know this? You don't pay attention to things. Did Adam Driver get his ears fixed because he had giant ears uh that uh, that's why he always had his hair so long in every single role um but uh, here he's playing uh, Enzo Ferrari and the uh, the ears are tucked so I'm curious if he uh, got them fixed either way I don't know you wouldn't you Ryan, wouldn't know I have this. no idea Penelope Cruz About. also in this Shailene Woodley hopefully getting a, a nice rebound after uh dumb money uh in Ferrari but yeah this is the true story of Enzo Ferrari possibly tackling his uh uh, are you familiar with it? You want to know the story of how Lamborghini came to be? Yeah, I mean, I saw Ford versus Ferrari. There's a little bit of that story in there. I don't, is there? And, uh, I don't remember that at all. A little bit. I, oh, okay. Anyway. I, th- I thought there, that there was some mention of it. It might, it might have been offhandedly mentioned. Yeah. Are you, are you, do you remember? You may have seen a doc. Uh, no, is it is it scintillating? It's, Do you want to retell it right now? Because I have a movie that I have a movie I'm planning on seeing December 25th that will probably you know shed yeah, some probably, more light well, on it. Probably, I'll give you a 30 second version because it's funny. Uh, Ferrari uh, Enzo Ferrari was approached by uh, a man named Lamborghini uh, who was a tractor maker, but it was also a tractor. A, that's, that's right. right. But he's also an auto enthusiast, and Mr. Lamborghini said, "Hey, uh, Mr. Ferrari," right, and say it like that. He uh, explained Enzo. That uh, there were some flaws with his car, and then Enzo, being uh, you know a bit of a uh, a fan of his own uh, his own materials, uh, said, "Get out of here, you bum! Who are you talking to? You're talking to Enzo Ferrari here." And uh, he dismissed him apparently uh, humiliatingly, and uh, Lamborghini was so um, frustrated and offended that he decided to make his own supercars, which uh, now of course are Lamborghini cars. He must have sold a lot of tractors to be in a position where he could just... I think he did really well with the tractors because he started to make supercars and there you have it. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm at the age with uh, Atticus, my six-year-old. Uh, he wants a Lamborghini. And I say, okay, oh, really? you, can, you can start doing really, really well in school and start this dream now because you're never going to see your dad driving a Lamborghini. Unless I really, unless I live on a track or live, you know, have access to a track, I'm not going to drive a Lamborghini around town. No, I'm not going to do that. I you know I never, I never asked you this, but apropos to Lamborghini, Lamborghinis, let's say this next movie is just a cultural phenomenon. That's all I like uh, to say. If it is, then it'll you, be it'll be top on your list for the. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Oh, no. If it's totally a cultural phenomenon, then it becomes your favorite movie. That's how you're. Well, let's say you rake in the bucks and all of a sudden uh, the Cowan family is worth a few million bucks. You got some disposable cash. What, what, what's your, uh, what's your indulgent, uh, uh, purchase? Is it a Lamborghini? Is it, what is it? It's, it's, I don't have, I really don't have anything. 
I don't have anything off the top of my head other than just being out of debt would be nice and uh, no, no, being no, able, being able to travel. Stuff. I don't, nothing, nothing in hand. Are you buying a boat? A boat would be cool, I guess, but then it would be a headache. Like, who's going to maintain the boat? Where's the boat going to be? I don't like having stuff that I have to, like, you know, worry about. I don't like stuff. What about, like, a home theater? No, I like going to the theater and, and, and bitching about the people around me. Yeah, there's really, yeah. really not. I mean, you know what? A nice, like, a, a really well-put-together office with all of the stuff that I can go in and sit down and just turn things on and, and go to work instead of Very having practical. to move stuff around. I just want to be able to create and, and do work and do stuff effectively without having to move boxes and bikes and because i do a lot of stuff in the garage out here and it's 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 a pain in the ass sometimes i get good well, internet i get good internet and uh, capability of, of doing, this is the boringest answer ever of, yeah. of doing remote you if you came into some millions i'd upgrade my internet oh, you know what i do i'd pay an I'd, extra 15 bucks a month i'd make i'd make a movie i got like three or four movies that i'd love to make that would take some good you know startup money i'm doing that right now thanks to our audience with with one of them but there's three or four other movies that i would love to make and I'd probably throw some of my own money into like doing a concept piece or something on them. I'd probably do that. So much to my wife's chagrin and travel, that kind of thing. What about you, Brad? Brad? Would you would you go out and buy a Lamborghini uh, tractor? I'd hire you as my assistant. I mean, you joke, but you're, I don't think it's that far from That's a joke. That's not a joke. I think you would absolutely <laughs> no, love I, I, I'm, having I'm me. Sadly, I'm sadly similar to you. Like, I, I don't want. I wouldn't want like a supercar. Like it just seems extor- extraordinarily impractical and dangerous. Um, maybe like if, uh, maybe a boat only because it'd be fun for, you know, Tessa and her friends. Um, it'd be a fun place to, you know, be social, but uh, yeah, probably, probably a you know, boring answer in a nicer house. Hmm. Yeah, your house is very nice. It is nice. Bigger. You know, we have the two bedrooms. So it'd be nice to have a, space i talk a big game who knows you never know until you're actually in that position and uh yeah i I like to think that i would want to give back and and help out and i think i probably would i'd probably become you know oh yeah involved in a whole lot of of foundation yeah i probably would for you know like my born to act players that i love and and that population that community i might like do some work with like shelters and animals i don't know i up and coming filmmakers you can uh you can be a king fuck them most most up and coming filmmakers are uh, oh Horrible That's pain in the point. ass. That's a really good point. I, I know I was when I was an up-and-comer. I still guess I still am. All right. Uh, Ferrari. I have more Number. to talk about Ferrari. Uh, we oh. can do that later. Or you know what? In case I forget, because I am a little foggy right now, I see a lot of similarities with the House of Gooch and Ferrari. No? Yeah. It's a very similar film. It's a very looking film. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, number eight for me is a movie that I, this would probably be possibly my most anticipated, my most excited. Uh, I am very uh, curious to see what Alexander Payne, 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 does with the holdovers, which seems to be a very, uh, um, seems to possibly be a personal film for him. Uh, it's a yeah, period this piece. Is an also ran, this is an also ran for me. I saw the trailer and maybe, you, you can't tell a lot from a trailer sometimes, but uh, looks a little uninspired. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, it looks, it's it it feels like Alexander Payne doing Wes Anderson, but good. Yes, I the same thing. But good. So the story is, it's Paul Giamatti plays the curmudgeon old teacher. Uh, it's 1970, so it's a period piece. And he's at this like Ivy League type boarding school, you know, for 
kids that are shipped away and he gets uh, the babysitting duties for the Christmas holiday and he has to stay at the school with the uh, unfortunate few kids that don't have anywhere to go for the holidays. And uh, other than other than uh, Paul Giamatti, I don't know if I recognize a whole lot of other uh, actors in this. Davine yeah. Joy Randolph plays Mary Lamb and she has a, a big role in it. But then there's a bunch of younger kids. And it's that age-old story uh, where I'm afraid this might go astray. This is that age-old story where the old curmudgeon uh, man gets stuck with like youth. And uh, guess what? His heart melts and he sees the errors of his own ways. And he has a big uh, story arc. And th- th- it's all right there. And that's definitely going to be in there. But let's see what Alexander Payne does with it. And if anyone can can make that interesting again, I think it is Alexander Payne. And it's the first time we've seen uh, Alexander Payne do anything in the school setting since election, right? So that's true. Uh, I am excited. Uh, Are you? Is there? Do you think there's any rivalry between uh, Wes Anderson and Alexander Payne? Because I'm watching the trailer early. It was playing before Bottoms earlier this week when I was watching it, and I was thinking, how has Wes Anderson not gotten his claws into Paul Giamatti? And I'm like, oh, I wonder if they're like in, in like separate camps. Hmm. Interesting. There's no proof of that. I know there's a lot of crossover with audience. You know, a lot of cinephiles love both of them equally. Uh, obviously, I'm a, I'm a more of a way, way more of a pain guy. I can even throw like David O. Russell's early work into similarities and David O. Russell, yeah. So the holdovers might very well be the one that I'm most excited for. That doesn't have killers in the title. Uh, Ooh. Which you'll be talking about more later. Also, a lot of smoking, a lot of smoking in the holdovers, and uh, which makes me happy because it's a period piece. So that means it's honest, um, and it's okay. written by David Hemmingson. Hemmingson. So I don't know the name. I don't know David. Uh, yet, nor do I, and I, I'm not familiar with most of his stuff. But obviously, obviously, he uh, he wrote something here that uh, got Mr. Alexander Payne excited. So what do we see? Not excited enough to yeah, take the helm. We will see. Or it could just be, you know, it could be a little bit drab and dull and uh, who knows. I, but I'm, what, what I'm most concerned or interested in is how he approaches this tropey storyline of the old curmudgeon uh, having his heart melted by angsty youth, which we've seen way too many times. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully it's a little more than it seems because from the trailer, like I said, it seems a little basic, but I'm, I have faith in Alexander Payne. This is, like I mentioned, it's my also, also rants. It's ridiculous that it's on your also rants, Brian, but, uh, okay. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Number seven for me is, uh, a movie. I should say a holdovers comes out November 10th, just in time for the Thanksgiving holiday where people, uh, all go home and except for these kids that are in the holdovers cause they are holdovers. So that'll be top of mind. And then we go on, um, to a movie called American fiction. I would be surprised if this one's on your list, Brian, it comes out November 17th. And it's from, yeah, I love this. It's for, it's a directorial debut from uh, a guy who wrote on these three shows, Brian, which gives me big hope. Uh, he wrote on Master of None, which is a very, very good show that I watched. Right. The Watchmen and yep. The Good Place. And Ooh. his name is Cord Jefferson. And American Fiction is um, about author Thelonious Monk Ellison. He's peeved because his latest offering hasn't caught fire with publishers while a tome called Wees Live in the Ghetto by Sinatra Golden <laughs> hits the bestseller list, leaving Monk seething. So it's going to be one of these yeah, I came across this. stories that I think I will really <laughs> latch onto and respond to because I do get upset with uh, the public at large when they respond to lesser works well, of art. 
What was the one we liked, uh, I don't know, four years ago, that was the woman who was an author or writer? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she was in New York, and, and they were she talking was, about like I slave it. porn, slavery. No, porn. no, it was a uh, poverty porn. Poverty uh, porn. Yeah, I I can't recall the name of that. Don't why, don't put me on the spot right now. Like it's because uh, I'm trying to remember. I, and it, and it was a play on words of of a bigger title. Oh, what's the name yeah. of that movie? And and she was uh, a large black woman, but I don't she remember. was so good. She came from the stage, and I thought we'd be seeing a whole lot more of her, and we have not yet. Uh, I don't even know what to search for. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? I can look at my, I can my, look at my, my, uh, my, we need to take a break so I can, I can find this, uh, here shortly, but, uh, the vaulties, cause it was all my vaulties. Oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you what, do you want to just jump to all my number four and you can look? Um, sure. Unless you have more to say about, uh, what? Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't yeah, even go down the, ca- the cast. So Jeffrey Wright plays Thelonious Monk Ellison. And this is from a beloved book, um, that, covers all this core uh core jefferson and percival everett i'm not well versed in this book and this universe i know that it's uh got a huge following and uh i hope that the movie strikes a similar chord as the book did so uh, evidently it's fairly meta and it's the I, I will i will learn more through this movie but uh i i have high hopes for american fiction is what it's called jeffrey wright is always very good when he's cast uh, properly uh, he will always be Basquiat to me, but uh, looking forward to Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, I mean, I yes, he was Basquiat, but he has so many amazing roles. But that was the first time I ever saw him, and I saw Basquiat numerous times, like in the theater. So he was always, I always see a little Basquiat in his performance. I always see it. Otherwise, yeah. you know, he he dropped. He he's completely melds himself, melts into whatever character he's doing. But Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey. of the Wes Anderson camp, hmm? it's Jeffrey Wright. Firmly entrenched. Yeah, I mean that's why I, I didn't want to say it, but I was saying you know when he is cast uh, appropriately. You know what? Even when he's inappropriately cast, he's still pretty good. Yeah, he 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 chews the scenery. What the? It's right, not showing you look, up. You look. For it's that not movie. showing up in my in my vaulties. Right, take your time. Take your time. I'm gonna I'm gonna do an inane soliloquy on uh, number four. Number four for me, most anticipated film of the fall. This is a movie that, uh, you know what, just a few years ago had this come out, uh, would not have made my list. I'd have been like, yeah, we'll see. But uh, just based on um, how much uh, I admired uh, Bradley Cooper's last directorial effort, A Star is Born, I mean, it was a really good movie. I am intrigued about Maestro. Maestro is a, uh, a biopic of uh, Leonard Bernstein. And of course, this is directed by Bradley Cooper, starring Bradley Cooper as the, wait for it, titular Mastro, Leonard Bernstein himself, uh, also starring Carrie Mulligan. Uh, and uh, this has a limited theatrical run coming out uh, November 22nd. I think that is Thanksgiving weekend or maybe the beginning of four. This is like Netflix on December 20th. So the world will see Maestro. Oh on December 20th. I'm so glad that you uncovered that because I, I have not, I, okay. Yeah. This probably should be on my list as well, Brian. Like what I was reading was that they were mm, recently, they were talking about maybe pushing this to next year, but it looks like I'm, I'm wrong in that information. So yeah, this is one I that I'm, surpri- I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm totally capable of being wrong about any of this, but what I saw is, uh, Eleven twenty-two in theaters and twelve twenty on Netflix. 
And at the very least, it's going to uh, let everyone, uh, many more people understand, and myself included, because you know, I, I was taught Leonard Bernstein in film school, and I learned about his contributions, but uh, you're going to know a whole lot more about him uh, once you've seen this movie. And it's, it, there's some controversy with this movie, too. People have been complaining about him wearing a prosthetic nose because he's Jewish, and they're saying that he's Jewing it up is, what, is what's being said. And I've heard both camps, both sides argue this uh, in various ways. And it's, it's a discussion. I, I can see how some people would be upset, but they're missing the point. I think he's trying to look like the man he's not trying. He obviously, I, I would imagine has a, a great respect and admiration for the man for, to, for him to, I'm talking about Bradley Cooper now for him to want to bring him to life and bring him to the big screen and bring him into many people's, uh, um, uh, minds uh, by doing this movie and he wanted to look like the man he didn't say hey you know what we could do that'd be really funny too is if we really made yeah. him look more jewish like that's that's not what's going through this guy's head so i, I want to think it'd be a long con if that's what he's doing if this whole point of making this um uh, awards baity movie right this prestige film and and the whole point is so that he can uh knock him down a peg by making him look uh absurdist with us uh, yes absurd uh, many he, many decades from now if there is an adrian brody biopic or a uh, uh adam driver biopic you're gonna have to do some prosthetics for most likely for an actor to look like him whether or not he's jewish you're right he's playing a known character and a known person and trying to look that person if if bradley cooper or anyone was just being a random jew uh that, you know for laughs or for whatever yes that'd be problematic but uh, he's playing a person who is, who has a distinctive look. I don't see the problem here. And they do nose work all the time. Uh, yeah, of and course. It's, a lot of the time it's subtle, but a lot of the greatest performance we, we've seen is because they do subtle little like bridge nose work and makeup to make the actor look slightly different. And all you have to do is a little tweak of the nose and it makes you look different. And if you look at the trailer and you look at uh, what Bradley Cooper did with Maestro, it's not like it's some giant honking beezer he's putting no. on there. So if I had never heard of this and I saw the trailer, I don't know that I would notice the the fact that his nose was not Bradley Cooper's. You know what I mean? It was, it's bigger, but it's not like Bradley Cooper has a distinctive button nose and, and it's distracting. But if some people are hurt by this and offended by this and take it the wrong way, I, I, I'm sorry. I feel bad for them because they're going to probably miss a bigger picture, which is, uh, which is hopefully a very good movie. So I can't find my Voltees, Brian. I can't. I can't. I'm looking at the master list, and according to my master list, we've never done the Voltees, which what no, is the wrong. name of that movie? Are you, just, you just talk about your next films, and I will attempt to uncover the Wallabies. You think you can? All right, here we go. Uh, well, after I have my list, I'll hope it's in there somewhere. But I don't think it was on your Volties, was it? I don't think it was, but I always write down, at least when I'm calling the master list for the Volties, uh, we start with all the movies I liked uh, from that year, so it will almost assuredly uh, be there. This was four or five years ago, right? I want to say probably three or four years ago, yeah. Okay, let's start with 2020. All right, here we go. Number six for me is Napoleon. Uh, it's a pretty easy one to have on the list. Evidently, in reading about this, Ridley Scott's Napoleon, which has no connection to Stanley Kubrick's Napoleon, unfortunately, that it one is, is continuing. The, the, 
It's the manifestation. No, of it's worse. It's much worse than that as far as me being a Kubrick lover and, and what I'm about to say. Uh, no, this has nothing to do with, as far as I can tell, he didn't even access any of Kubrick's notes on Napoleon. No. Just in case you, you might not know, uh, Kubrick was kind of driven insane by his obsession of Napoleon and trying to do right by him by making a, a feature length film about Napoleon. Um, and he actually did Barry Lyndon as almost a test I, uh, for you know what he wanted to do ultimately with with Napoleon and anyone who got to see the Kubrick exhibit saw his, his research. Uh, I saw that room his, with, his, his, uh, his, uh, his uh, filing cabinet. It was decades long of him just mulling over, pouring over everything he could find about Napoleon. And I think it, part of it drove him a little bit mad. Uh, when I tell you that really Scott did not access any of that, from my understanding, he had no access to it because there's a man named Steven Spielberg who was uh, planning on, uh, making this into a mini series uh, using yeah. Kubrick's no do not do not say yeah like that because oh, it hurt it hurts me. Uh, he's he's using Kubrick's um, work, all of his hard work, to uh, to put together a, a mini series. I wonder if mini series ever even occurred to Stanley back in the day. I, I don't think so because Roots was kind of the first one to really come along, and he yeah. was doing all of this before. I don't think that that was even an option in his mind to do a mini series, which might have cured him, might have given him the ability to actually pull the trigger and do Napoleon the way that he felt needed to be done. But here we are with uh, Ridley Scott's Napoleon written by David Scarpa. And of course it's uh, starring a uh, Joaquin Phoenix as Brian, go ahead. You can say the titular if you like. Oh, no, I just said it. Sorry, too late. Yeah. And Vanessa Kirby, uh, who plays a large role in this story as Empress Josephine. Uh, you might know Vanessa Kirby as the other, <laughs> the sister in the, uh, the crown. She was fantastic. Thread, uh, uh, she was uh, pieces of a woman. That was a that was not a pleasant film, but she was great. She's she's very very good. And then uh, we have. Did you see that? You must have saw that. I can't remember. I don't think I did. I think I, I think that's I the one where she has the uh, the um, stillborn baby. The she the baby. Dad yeah, yeah. I, I did not. I did not. And what's his face? Shia LaBeouf is the husband. I did not endure. No. Ah, it's I'm okay. it's uh, I'm it's, not, right. it's not fun, but it's good. Um, and Ben Miles is in this as well. So that's Napoleon. Napoleon uh, gets released to all of us to go enjoy November 22nd, Brian, the same uh, same weekend as Maestro. So we got a couple uh, couple biopics. Yeah. Although we might see a couple of those in their uh, limited uh, theatrical runs. So perhaps they'll have uh, a week or two early. And then number nice. five. And then number five for me, uh, before Brian hopefully comes up. What is it called, Brian? I'm searching. I'm searching. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking haystack needling it. There's a man, a director named Jeff Nichols, who has made some very interesting movies going back to Take Shelter, which you and I both enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, he's also did something called Mud, which uh, you and I enjoyed quite a bit. Midnight yes. Special, not as much, but... Uh, it was interesting. It was almost like the origin story of Cyclops from X-Men, but that's not officially what it was. Uh, and then his most recent uh, 2016 movie was called Loving, which was uh, all about the uh, the racism that was and the, the landmark case uh, about mixed mixed couples. And uh, I did not love Loving. It was slow, plotting, depressing. Uh, didn't have a whole lot to hang my hat on. I understand the message, and the, but it just it, it wasn't the type of movie that I, I got pumped up about to uh, recommend to others. However, here he is all these oh. years later, and yes. uh, Mr. Nichols, Mr. Jeff Nichols, who is a very, very good filmmaker as far as I can tell. He's got one called The Bike Riders, and it's about okay, little kids little kids learning to ride bikes. 
which looks really cute. Yes. I know. It's, it's, it's a heartwarming. No, no. It's a very different story. In fact, I'm sorry. I got uh, that confused. No, this is the uh, rise of a Midwestern motorcycle club through the lives of its members. And it is an ensemble cast to say the it is, least. It is all my also ran. So please uh, regale us. Uh, I'll just give you the three leads. These are guys that are going to be uh, bikers, I would imagine. That's uh, Mr. Austin Butler, who might still be doing Elvis. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, we got a guy named Michael Shannon, who plays Zipco. Zipco. Michael Shannon will be forever known as Zipco if he pulls off <laughs> this. Can you imagine just how great of a performance he'd have to do in this uh, for us to like always think of him as Zipco? But you oh, never yeah, know. That's impossible. That's impossible. You never know. And then we have a guy named Tom Hardy. I don't know if you're familiar with Tom Hardy. No, is he on the cover? Uh, he is my favorite uh, living human being, I think, as far as people that are on wow. screens. I love this man. Uh, I love Tom Hardy so much, and he plays Johnny, one of the bikers. Toby Wallace is also in it. He plays the kid. Uh, you and I loved Toby Wallace in uh, Baby Teeth. We, we saw him in Baby Teeth uh, earlier this year. A listener assigned us Baby Teeth, and if you recall, it was uh, that story about the girl who was sick, and she had the parents who knew she was sick. She didn't have a whole lot longer to live, and she had an older boyfriend, and uh, the parents kind of had to like go along with it because they knew that this was her only chance at knowing what love was. And Indeed. and Toby Wallace played the older boyfriend and he, he kind of stole the movie from me in a lot of ways, uh, that, that baby teeth. So he's going to be in this as well. Uh, it just looks very promising. Uh, very, very promising. The bike riders, the bike riders. And that comes out December 1st. Yes. Yes. Oh, also ends. I'm very glad you have it. Damn it, I can't find the movie. I, I, I'm I'm this close to just Googling a giant black woman who's a... Brian, she's not that big. She, she was, was so big. good. I right, recall she was pretty big. Go go ahead uh, with your number oh. three. And there's pieces of one. There you go. Look at the 2021 Vaulties. All right, you're back on it because I'm doing number three. What's my number three? Where is it? Oh, oh, there's the aforementioned the Colors of the Flower Moon. Uh, it's not climactic, but yes, three three hours plus. This is a uh, epic <laughs> movie. Got but, it. Uh, pro- you got it. Got it. You Google giant black woman right in <laughs> no, the movie. I said movie making fun of poverty porn. That's all I have to put in. Nice. And which What's is not the most eloquent uh, Google search I've ever done, but uh, the 40 year old version. Yes, you're so right. So good. That. The title. Oh, I, I, you know what? If I was the, if I, if I was the type to be crazy, I would flog myself. I would be flogging myself for my own uh, ineptitude of not being able to remember that title because that's oh, a title. No, which... I disagree. You did good uh, by remembering that it was like an ape on some other title. It was what? Yeah. Oh I, well, God damn it! I was just looking. Fuck. Yeah, it's definitely. I knew that it was a play on words, and that's what kind of got me because a play on words of what though? The forty-year-old version, and it's uh, Rada Blank. Rada Blank crushed it. What has Rada Blank done? She directed ah, it, wrote it, and started it. it. What's, what's I, your problem? I was, I was on the right email when I was looking up. Uh, I thought I was maybe I'm thinking of ending things. I'm like, is that the movie I'm thinking of? Because I'm looking at the 24 and Valtis, and it's right there, and I just glossed right over it. No one cares. Ah. You know what she's uh, she's been in? So she in, We're talking about Rada now. She was in Mix, Mixing Nia in 1998. And that was her first uh, film role. And then she was in a TV series called Timeless. Uh, one episode in 2018. And then in 2020, she played Rada herself in the 40-year-old version, which I, I, I should go back and watch again. 
It's so good, guys. And she's been in nothing since and has no, uh, nothing on. She's just, I, she's mainly known for being on stage. I think she's a stage performer primarily. And I got to hope she's out there working because she's so good. And she was really good. I want to watch the 40 year old version right now. Not virgin, version. She's gigantic. Is it streaming? She's not that big, Brandon. What are you talking about? I'm joking. Um, is it streaming? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Oh, it is? All right. Sure is. Well, while you wait for the uh, the fall movies to come out, uh, you can watch the 40-year-old version. There is so much to love in, in that movie. I'm glad that we we, we came up with the, uh, the title before this. Good episode. for you. No, you, 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 you're 100% you. I feel, like right. I'm, I'm, um, I feel like I'm comatose. I do not feel good, Brian. The show the must go on. I have to, the only thing I have to add to uh, Killers of Flower Moon, this is the final film, obviously, that uh, Scorsese... And Robbie Robertson collaborated on. He, uh, the uh, uh, member of the band, and uh, scored many of Scorsese's films. And he died recently, so we'll look forward to his final uh, score, as it were, for Scorsese: Killers of Flower Moon. Very good. Very good. All right, Brian. Uh, let's take a quick break. Talk a little Amazon yeah. purchases, and then come back with our uh, our top most anticipated or latest in the year movies as my list goes let's do it time to run down the uh, interesting and notable amazon purchases of the week um hey, a shout out and thank you to everyone who you know buys their things and they just don't get mentioned you know toilet paper and Fucking, I don't know, flour for your baking or whatever it is. Uh, might not like I mentioned here, um, but we do appreciate it. It all adds up. And even though it literally might get us a couple of pennies, uh, enough people buy toilet paper and that uh, helps the show. So thank you. Uh, the big purchase of the week, an Ego Power Plus self-propelled snowblower. That's a very smart purchase here at the uh, tail uh tail end of September, as it were, because we got the snow season coming up in much of the uh, country, and appreciate you thinking ahead and thinking of us. Makes a big difference, and we appreciate you. Oh, they were just on the Amazon banner. Oh, got the music. I'm just going to nail it without even thinking about it. A Dream Tech Robot Vacuum and Mop Combo. Two, Amazon Reloads. You can reload your Amazon account. Someone did it in the, well, it might have been the same person. Could have been different people. Either way, it totaled up to an oddly specific amount of $439.02. So thank you for reloading your Amazon account. And Maybe they're trying else. to round it out. Maybe they're trying to make it a round number. Oh, top it off. Yeah, exactly. All right. I like that. I like that. Yeah, they spent, yeah, whatever it was that made up $500. Magic the Gathering Master's Commander deck bundle was purchased. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone got a deluxe edition of the Who's Who's Next and Lifehouse. That's ten discs. That is a uh, very elaborate box set. Very good looking. I must admit, I explored that when I saw them on the list. Smith soundtrack, active sunglasses, a Shurion three-year lawn and garden <coughs> protection plan. Wonder what has to happen to make that pay off. Two Swidget smart home control switches. New Balance VS oh, V5. Excuse me. B5 sneakers. Got to make sure it's not an S, but it's a 5. Textures Instruments, TI-84 Plus Calculator. Guess they're still making those. Good for them. Mortal Kombat 1 Premium Edition for PlayStation 5. 4. 
closet organizer storage bins were picked up. Someone got themselves Drinkwell Pagoda Pet Fountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, uh, no, this is hurtful. It's Nutrafol hair growth supplements. <laughs> Let me know if they work. Uh, Merrill hiking booths were picked up. Someone got light band personal LED headlamp. Japanese meditation floor chair with back support. That's important. 10,000 shipping labels by 10up. Appreciate you for putting those on your pizzas. Uh, Western Legends for PSP were purchased, as well as two Lennox Merv 11 air filters, mule shaving laser, punch free retractable baby gate. Scott, oh, there it is. To- Scott toilet paper. Thank you, whoever you are, for getting Scott toilet paper. Camco taste pure drinking water hose. And finally, purchased by some faithful listener of the show. Ang- oh, someone's making old fashions. They got an Angostura aromatic cocktail bitters. Crucial ingredient in that old fashioned drink. Here are the movies that are clicked through since the last time I talked at you. Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. Do you remember, Brian, when that was one of your three movies that you would refer to? I know. I, it's funny. I haven't actually... Uh, I leaned haven't actually... It. Yeah, leaned on it in a while. That was that was a go-to for Brian. Pretty much any list we do, we do like top five explosions. Somehow we get Romy and Michelle in there. We do... Yeah. I, 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 there was an explosive moment when uh, Roman yelled in the shop. You know, I'm going to try and work that into this episode. I'll preview. <laughs> See if you can do it. End of Watch was clicked through, as well as Summertime, uh, Disobedience, Ammonite, 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 Ammonite. Uh, I don't know. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. You remember that story last year? It became kind of a big yeah. story for a minute because uh, somebody, uh, Winnie the Pooh became a public domain, so you can do whatever you like with Winnie the Pooh now. Should we see that? Let's go watch one. Saw a fascinating thing, I think it was on Last Week Tonight, uh, about, uh, yeah, it was, about how technically Mickey Mouse should be in the public domain now, which obviously Disney is terrified of, but they have such a team of lawyers that they continue to somehow have him not in the yeah, public they- domain. I've heard that I didn't see the episode, but yeah, they've carved out exceptions and like, oh, it was still being used. Or well, something. what they're suggesting is the original Steamboat Willie is in public domain, but it's so different from what he's evolved into, so you can't touch the new one. Uh, so, you know, John Oliver and, and company are having some fun with the old Steamboat Willie. They've been actually incorporating him into their show on a weekly basis. Uh, I got to uh, uh, re up on that one. Well, I mean, the, the show's not on right now because of the, uh, the I know, strike. but I'm behind. I haven't seen this episode. I haven't seen any of the episodes. Talk to me was uh, was clicked through. Uh, a lot of uh, interesting theories and, and uh, discussions uh, were Wake emailed. Up, God damn it. Were emailed to me about Talk to Me. That's a different movie, bro. Yeah. Uh, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Uh, hey, I still got to flip fest that one, uh, and I will uh, eventually. Uh, it has not been uh, discussed Save on this year program. Maltese? I'm not doing that, but uh, there is some some interesting stuff to talk about with the Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. Hey, did you know that Benny Safdie's in that? No, no, no. Yeah, he it ain't over was clicked through as well as Carmen and Lola Barbie was clicked through I guess uh, Avery's already on that on top of that East of Eden which you've not seen it's one of um, James Dean's three roles and he is bizarre in that movie you would not expect it everyone knows him for um, Rebel Without a Cause but uh, my favorite is Giant and then East of Eden he's 
very good and used to be. He's kind of a creep. He is a creep, I should say. Oh. And then uh, finally, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was clicked through. So thank you very much for everyone who clicks through us when you're uh, watching a movie. It makes a different one penny at a time. It helps uh, us fund the show and... Yeah, and you know what? I, I might as well say that well, say this while, while I'm here. If you're if you're listening, you're obviously an ardent listener, or you just can't get to the fast forward button. But uh, if you would like to help out the show, uh, just as far as getting growth and, and letting others know uh, who might enjoy it as much as you guys do, uh, just giving it a rating uh, really helps. And you know, telling your friends about it or sharing in some of our posts about it, like, hey, I learned this on the on this show here. Uh, this is a show that's been going on for a long, long time, and maybe you haven't heard of it uh, to your friends, your family, especially grandmas. If you have a grandma, I think she'd really like yeah, the cut of our jib. Yeah, grandmas. <clears throat> but uh, just something as simple as going on your uh, your little app there, whatever, wherever you're listening to this podcast, and giving us a star rating or even a little written review, good or bad. Obviously, we like them more when they're good, but uh, that that does help uh, the overall cause for uh, keeping the film vault going. Because uh, now that I'm doing, you know, all of this other stuff, you know, I, now that my six-year-old is in school and I have a little bit more time to actually be productive, not that I haven't been productive this whole time, but I've been stay-at-home dad guy for the last, going on seven years. You know, hey, I'm you've doing... Been pro- you've been productive. You've produced a great son. Thank you, sir. Uh, he's okay. I, I'm doing real estate daily, you know, showings, uh, talking to clients, uh, doing open houses. I'm doing all of that uh all the time and this movie is taking tons and tons of time so i am actively you know tracking how much time i spend on everything and i put in 20 hours a week on the film vault and that has been quite become quite apparent over the last three weeks uh as you know my time is going into these other things as well so it i I can't speak for you brian but uh you know you guys that help the show go and with whether it's reviews or clicking through or Patreon, uh, it doesn't, it's, it, it won't continue without that kind of help. So I just won't be able to justify, you know, spending 20 hours to, to do this show. And so uh, I'll make up for it when I have all these other things going on. So yeah, why don't you just make up for it, Brian? Yeah. I'll and, pick uh, up the slack on the other end. Uh, in all seriousness. Yeah. The Anderson's right. Thank you guys for supporting the show, whatever way you support the show, whether it's just, you know, telling someone about it, saying, Hey, you heard of this great movie from the film vault, tapping the Amazon banner, all those things are free and they help us. So appreciate you. And I know we're out there recently. I had to do uh, some digging for something else. I was looking for another film podcast or something. And I was on some message boards looking for film podcasts and the film vault did have a lot of, uh, representation there's a lot of you know the film vault like uh lists like a, a good film uh, podcast to listen to and the film vault did show up a number of times which i was happy uh very happy about but we are still very small considering how long we've been doing this show we still are a very uh small group and uh, i i just i have to think there's a whole lot of other people like you who are listening right now who would also enjoy this show and get something out of this show are you so talking to me because i that's, enjoy the show i'm not talking to you uh, who are also listening brian but i'm talking to the people that are listening to my words oh, right now so makes more sense. i think it's the cold talking for me i feel like i've been taken over much like malignant uh which we'll be watching later this week and uh i'm gonna shut up now let's uh let's get back that's to the program good. yeah back to the show 
Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Hey, Matt, did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope, never heard that before. Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know, nor do I care. Neil, did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here too. Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, plus tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's Triviality. Uh, finish up our list of the most anticipated films this fall perhaps number three and four for you let me get at it let me get after it where are we at three, number three four, and four, four for me four, four. three and four for me uh number four for me is uh going to push me to watch i can promise you this i'll be watching uh shinzilla or shin godzilla as it's called as it may be called, uh, before December 1st, because I need to watch the only other Japanese-produced modern-day Godzilla movie um, is Shinzilla, and then we got Godzilla Minus One coming out December 1st. And I Exciting. Am, I'm excited. This one looks like they might know what they're doing and might make something very, very enjoyable to watch. Uh, Takashi Yamazaki uh directed and wrote this one i i'm sad to say that i'm not familiar with anything that that he has done however this trailer looks like a whole lot of fun and i've been i'm a godzilla fan i'm just always deeply disappointed with every production i see so i'm hoping that it's this true it's true i have i have like slight nostalgia for the uh, like 1998 godzilla like as bad as it is it was still kind of fun I don't even remember. Is that the one? The yeah. Matthew, Matthew Roderick uh, movie. Yeah, where there was a whole, it was his big return. He hadn't been around for a while. The billboards were fantastic. Weren't those around 10? And that was the one with like Puff Daddy did the uh, the soundtrack, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, and it had that good. riff, that, that Hank song. Hank Azaria was great in that movie. Like, it, it's not good. I can't defend it. 
but uh, it's fun and it's uh, it's it's enjoyable on a, on a weird level. Shin Godzilla, Brian. I need to watch that. I need to watch it sooner than later. So I will be watching that before before uh, December first, which is when Godzilla minus one comes out. And the title is uh, referencing what we've you know. I think it's quite apparent that Godzilla was kind of born out of the atrocities of the end of World War II yes. with the uh, the bombs being dropped on Japan and creators you know came up with Godzilla uh, after that as as a bit of a an analogy to what they had just been through. And now this is taking that concept head on and it's supposed to be after the war, uh, Japan is already as low point with the, uh, the bombs being dropped and then they go minus one, uh, as the, uh, the country gets stuck knocked down a, another level with the, the appearance of Godzilla. So they, they, they got their, uh, their work cut out for them there in Japan in this, uh, rendition of Godzilla minus one. You know, I just realized like I have no, when I was a kid, I didn't care about what most young boys cared about, which is like giant trucks and like excavators and, you know, all that shit. Like, I didn't really care. But like my version of that was like Optimus Prime and Godzilla. Like, I think I mentioned on the show before, I, when I was a kid, like a little kid, like probably eight. Yeah, eight, eight or nine ish. Um, I was really into those schlocky horror movies. I saw all the Godzilla movies, King Kong um the, the horror films in addition to that but like that was like my version of being obsessed with these large you know larger than life machines was like being obsessed with Godzilla and these weren't great movies like I saw the I saw the black and white films before you know I was probably even old enough to really understand like you said the you know, it's a commentary on the nuclear fallout uh, from uh, Hiroshima and uh, Nagasaki. But to me, it was just like, yeah, gi- giant, you know, giant uh, lizard, you know, breaking up the city. Yeah, yes. Here. I digress. You did. You digress quite a bit there. Bit of a digression there. Number, can I go to number two or is that yeah. just your number four? That's, uh, that's my number four. Number three for me is Poor Things. Uh, Yargos. Uh, Yargos is also doing uh, something that looks like Wes Anderson, but well, with uh, Poor Things, if you look at that. Uh, right. That comes out December 18th, uh, December 8th, I should say. A very bizarre trailer. Yargos is really off the deep end here doing what he does best, which is fantasy uh, and absurdist. Uh, and it's uh, his version this, this, of Frankenstein. This could, on, this could be unwatchable. It could be. It's it's hard to tell. It's Emma in small and in, in short bursts doing this bizarre childlike Frankenstein female. I don't, I, I'm not buying it, but maybe over the long haul, uh, it's a two hour and 21 minute movie. Maybe, you know, she will earn some of <laughs> these things that she's doing. You'd have to imagine she will because Yargos is great. And Emma is one of the best. So, uh, hoping for really big things here with poor things. This is one that's been kicked down. I think originally it was supposed to come out in September though. So that could be uh, a problem that, yeah, this might be, this might be Atlas. Atlas shrugged. Oh, no, no. Uh, Cloud yeah. Atlas. Cloud Atlas, or um, what's that other one that uh, where he's he's rollerblading through the universe? Jupiter ascending. Yes, I mean it could be that where he's tongue. he's swinging for the fences so far, and everyone's on board, but it just oh. doesn't work. I that this looks like it could be that, but hopefully not. But yeah, this is even more Wes Anderson than um, the holdovers uh looks like and then uh we got the old uh 
Mark Ruffalo in here as well, who has got to be one of my favorites, as well as Willem Dafoe, who plays oh, the doctor. Who he's plays no the, Tom Hardy, but uh, he's pretty good. Oh, I love that Ruffalo. Ruffalo is fantastic. But even like some of the, the lines that are supposed to be funny in this aren't really... The trailer is not doing a whole lot for me. I'm going purely off of names here and what I you know I expect from, from these names. Yes. Understood. Hey, speak. I'm glad you mentioned uh, Swinging for the Fences. So number two, uh, you mentioned before, but I am excited for this because this director, he swings big. And sometimes it's, you know, it's a whiff. Sometimes it's a, it's an infield fly. But sometimes that ball goes over the fence for a home run. I'm hoping for that for Napoleon by Ridley Scott in theaters on, on uh, November 22nd. Uh, the biopic, the long-awaited biopic of Napoleon, with, yes, of course, Joaquin Phoenix, Vanessa Kirby, and uh, this will eventually be streaming on Apple TV+. Plus. This is an Apple TV uh, uh, production, apparently, and we'll be able to stream that at some point. But I'll be seeing this in the largest format possible because it, it's an epic. You know, it's, it's, it's an epic bio. Movie. It's an epic movie. It's a throwback to movies, how they used to make them. I, I do fear... You know, uh, Christopher Nolan notwithstanding, you know, when we lose Ridley Scott, the man's got to be 80 years old at this point. When we lose Ridley Scott, there's going to be a real generational divide, right? Because he's like a holdover to those those epic, you know, sword and sandal movies. Not even sword and sandal, just epic in scope, even like his uh, Blade Runners and his uh, Lockhawk Downs. These are epic in, in scope just because they're not, you know, set in... Uh, you know, Macedonia or what have you. I'm excited for uh, uh, the return of that kind of movie in Napoleon. I agree. Everything you just said, Brian, I, I agree with. Understood. I agree with it. Understood. I know you're not feeling great, <laughs> but you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm picking up a slack here. I'm getting used to it. Yeah. You take over for what I normally do, which is uh, now, take over. I have to say my number one, which I'll get to after you get to yours, obviously, uh, date wise, what is is far far past by your list, right? Like you would have passed over it, and you didn't mention it, which is shocking to me. So we're gonna have a discussion here in a minute. Hmm. Maybe you missed it. Maybe you don't count it because it's a Netflix movie. Or yeah, I think that's. I think you're onto something there. There's a couple. There's a. There's a couple that are on my. Uh, on my also rants that. One is because it comes out tomorrow, so by the time this is released, it's already come out. And then one is because it's straight to Netflix, and I feel like I've I've kind of learned my lesson with that. So I didn't feel comfortable putting it on the list, but right. it's one that we thought was coming out a few weeks ago, but then it got pushed, or we maybe, maybe yeah. Maybe. All right, number two for me. This is the one that I was talking about early in the program about how I probably will not have the boy and the heron on my list. Uh, were we doing this just last year? Uh, this is Hayao Miyazaki's. Uh, I think it's his officially his last film, but I, you know, I don't really believe that either when people say that they're retiring, but who knows? Uh, Hayo might be, uh, Hayo might be, uh, true in saying that this is his last film, but it is, uh, from the Ghibli studios. And, uh, I can't speak for you, Brian, but I've fallen in love with, with all this work, uh, and everything that I've seen this year. I, I, and they continue to come on the list. We'll be watching more before the year is over. Uh, but I, I've seen the uh, Nausicaa in the theater and at home uh, just this year. Uh, obviously, I already love Spirited Away and Ponyo to a, yeah, a lesser I'm, extent. I'm, but I'm intrigued. I am finally on board with uh, everything that uh, this director does and uh, the studio does and just this type of animation, which I resisted for decades. And I've finally seen the way. So uh, he's got a new one coming out, The Boy and the Heron. 
Boy and the Heron, December 8th. And even if it's just average for him, it's going to surpass pretty much everything else that I've seen animation wise this year, with the exception of maybe like Spider Verse. That's that's my that's what that's what my gut tells me just from everything that I've seen of his. So all right. right. Yeah. Totoro. I saw Totoro, my neighbor Totoro earlier this year. Uh, the listeners have been adamant about getting us to uh, to see what we've been missing, and they have cracked. Uh, they've they, they've gotten through the wall, our 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 stubborn wall, Brian. Stubborn wall. Stubborn wall of uh, defiance and saying no. That that animation is not for me. I don't like Sailor Moon. That's right. That's, they they've worn us down. Yes, they have. Attrition has uh, has occurred. And then finally, my number one is Ferrari coming out on Christmas Day. Michael Mann's Ferrari. It looks like Michael Mann is back to making like a, an actual movie that he cares about and not trying to you know explore and experiment with the medium. Um, I'm thinking that it's going to be a straightforward biopic, and uh, he's got a great story to work with here. So hopefully, he doesn't try and do anything that he doesn't need to, which is what he's done in the past where he, I think he's kind of lost me, but not, um, I'm hoping Ferrari delivers. So that's uh, my number one because it comes out latest in the year for me. Number one for me. I'm shocked. This isn't on your list. I have, have to have a conversation about this. I, uh, after a decade and a half of just almost interrupted brilliance, uh, of directed films, uh, David Venture uh, had a string of films that, I found less than inspiring. I know some people love Gone Girl. I know some people love The Girl, The Dragon Tattoo. I know, I don't know if anyone loves Mank, but for me, they were all versions of, all right, there, there's moments, there's elements, there's, I see my beloved David Venture in there. I know he's in there somewhere, but he's bridled. He's held back. Something's going on. Uh, and I'm hoping, hoping against hope. I'm ready to get our heart hurt again, Anderson, for The Killer. Coming out, limited theatrical release, October 27th, streaming on Netflix, uh, November 10th, uh, written by, wait for it, Andrew Kevin Walker. Yes, the writer of Seven and the director of Seven, reteaming again, uh, starring Michael Fassbender as, according to the credits, uh, he's simply known as The Killer. And this is based on a series of French comic books at his prime, at his best. And I'm including Christopher Nolan. I'm including I'm including Dennis Villeneuve. Everyone, no one does for me the the, the combination of 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 action, but the action is like blowing up stuff. But like kinetic, like action that grabs you and that dramatic narrative uh, combined, as well as David Venture. He's he's a master of his craft, and I hope this finds him uh, killing it. No pun intended. Yeah, I. I hope you're right. I just I, the the straight. I didn't realize it was getting limited uh, release, and I think they're just doing that to make it eligible if it if it is worthy of being eligible. But I'm just uh, right. My expectations are tempered because of uh, the the Netflix thing uh, with established know, directors. It's, it's, it, it's not. It's 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 not promising. But that said, you never know. Fincher's a mercurial guy, apparently, and uh, maybe he's just like, hey, this is the movie I want to make. And Netflix is giving me a bunch of money, so tor- damn the torpedoes. All right. I hope you're right. And yeah, it just fell off the list. Uh, I could have thrown it on there, but I just didn't feel... I, I, I'm hoping that uh, Murphy's Law proves me right and uh, by keeping it off and then I'm wrong a- about the movie. You know what I mean? 
Did, did you like or love any of those movies that I mentioned? Uh, Gone Girl or Girl with a Dragon Tattoo or no. Mank? No, they don't. They don't. They don't. They didn't have what I love about Finch. They didn't draw me in the same way that all of his earlier stuff did. And it kind of felt like, you know, I have talked about this before and I, and I hate to say it, but it, it kind of felt like he was just, you know, going along with some of these things. You know, they're good movies. He knows how to make a really good movie. It just didn't feel like there was a whole lot of passion uh, behind them. It felt yeah, like he was a, almost a, a hired bit, hand. A little bit mailed in. Um, but there's moments. Like, there's moments in Gone Girl, and there's moments in The Girl, The Dragon Tattoo, and I don't know about Mank, but, you know, there, there's, there's you can see the 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 brilliance wanting to get out. And, yeah, I am very interested to see uh, with them being reteamed because I, I love Andrew's other work. I, I mean, Andrew Kevin Walker, he, he did 8mm, which I absolutely love. I know you don't. I liked Sleepy Hollow quite a bit. He wrote that. And uh, we'll be watching Metalocalypse uh, later and uh, this week, I think. And he he's, uh, he's written some of the stories on, on Metalocalypse, too. So. Oh, really? I yeah. know that. He is one of the main writers on Metalocalypse, so he's oh. he's a disturbed individual, and I like it when he pours his brain out onto the uh, the page, and then it, it comes to life on on the screen. Well, I'm I'm in I'm in for uh, for the, whatever this is. I'm I, I'm willing to admit this the, this movie could be bad. This could be uh, you know the snowman, but uh, I'm hoping hoping against hope. Oh, and you know what else he he wrote? Oh. Bad traveling, love, death, and robots. Bad oh, uh, traveling. Andrew Kevin Walker wrote that. Yes, because uh, Fincher obviously I'm, directed it. I must have known that. Yeah, so they have reteamed uh, since seven. So here we go. Okay, all right. That's two for two. That's two for two, Brian. Oh, do we complete the trifecta? Do I need to redo my list now? Because <laughs> that <laughs> bad might. traveling. If you have not seen Love, Death, and Robots, bad traveling. Uh, I think it was Rand that brought it to my attention. He's like, dude, I know you're not going to watch all Love, Death, and Robots every single episode, but they're all standalones. Watch the one that Fincher directed, and, and my God, does it stick out. It does. So good. That is amongst the uh, uh, the most memorable television I've seen in, in many years. Well, um, 7 is rated 8.6 with that team up. Uh, and then he went on and he did things. He wrote things that without Fincher directing, like The Wolfman, which is 5.8 on IMDb, uh, Nerdland, which is 5.3 on IMDb, and then Love, Death, and Robots. He teams up again with uh, Mr. Fincher, and it's an 8.4. And then uh, The Killer, so far, is a 7.4. It's still very early. It's only you know getting reviews from people who saw it at festivals, I would imagine. But uh, 7.4, 7.4, uh, as we speak these words. All right. Uh, you ready for a little listener Listener yeah, list. If you got a list, I, I want to hear it. I do. Avery has forwarded it, and here is the listener list. Uh, number five, there's a three-way tie with The Exorcist Believer, a movie called Napoleon, which has uh, been discussed. And then here's the one that I'm talking about that comes out tomorrow, and that is the Toxic Avenger remake, uh, which is very interesting and would have absolutely made my list if it wasn't coming out <laughs> before this episode is released. Mm. Uh, that is directed by our boy, Megan Blair. Macon Blair not only directed it, but he also uh, wrote it uh, along with Joe Ritter and Lloyd Kaufman, of course, gets uh, credit for being one of the uh, creators, creators of yeah. the Toxic Avenger. I was never a fan of any of the trauma stuff, uh, did not, including Toxic Avenger. That's probably the one that's most accessible uh, way back in like the, I think it was 84 or something when it came out. And I, I saw it for sure, but I, I, it did not 
get me excited like it obviously did get Megan Blair and many other people excited. So very excited to see what Megan Blair does with Toxic Adventure. This is starring Jacob Tremblay, Elijah Wood, and Kevin Bacon. Uh, so and Peter Dinklage is also in here. Megan Blair is also in this movie. Yeah, his own movie as well. So this could be a whole lot of fun. Uh, it depends on just how far they go with the schmaltz and the cheese and the B movie aspect. Eh? If they're going to try and recreate some of that. I have a feeling that this one's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I hope to see it before we record next week, but I don't know if that will be possible. It's plain limited. All right. It'll be hard to get hold of. But this is the listeners tie for number five. Dive, yeah, tie for number five along with uh, The Exorcist and Napoleon. And then number four is The Creator, which... Uh, is also on my also rans. It's coming out fairly soon as well. Does it come it looks, out? Oh, it's next week, I think. It looks interesting uh, for sure. The trailer makes it look like uh, it could be good. It's impossibly long, and uh, is it really? we we will see. I think it's over two twenty or something. Uh, the killer is number three on the listener list, and then number two is Poor Things. Look at that! They're taking they're, hey. they're excited about Yargos. As am I. Uh, we'll see. That trailer concerns me. And then number one is Killers of the Flower Moon. So, yes. Uh, Brian also rans. I'm looking at what comes out this week, and it looks like it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a, uh, oh boy, listener assignment a week because uh, we got another couple weeks till the uh, creator, which I am excited to see. It's uh, or I'm at least intrigued. I don't know if excited is the word, but I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll give that a shot. If Gareth not- Edwards directing and it's two hours 13 minutes which i you know you shouldn't i I, i'm guilty of that i'll I'll look at the runtime too often the pg-13 has me concerned as well and it just seems like a story we've seen and heard before it seems like something that uh blomkamp would have directed 10 years ago you know what i mean i don't know if we need to see this story again where there's only one hope and it's a child and the robots are taking over and it's a dystopian future it just seems very paint by numbers that's my concern i could be wrong and I, J, John David Washington, just gives me peace when he's on screen. Like he's, I, a, great, he's very, a great movie star. Like he, he is. He's a great screen presence. I agree. So we will be watching this one. We will be co- covering it. Uh, Alice and Janie is always a solid, uh, but I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have huge hopes for it. Yeah, guarded, guarded optimism. All right, yeah. I realized that I painted myself into a bit of a corner here, and I screwed myself because years ago, did you ever see a Hunger Games movie? Like the original, yeah. Okay, well, I, think I saw the 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 sequel. As I think well. I've I seen remember. all of them, and the entire time I'm screaming inside my head, and also on this podcast, the Hunger Games is less interesting to me than what came before the Hunger Games. Like, how do we get here? Why are we nominating kids to kill each other? Like, that is interesting to me. Like, how we got into this dystopian future? Well. That prequel is coming oh, out. Oh, okay. Prequel to the Hunger, Hunger Games coming Interesting. out. Interesting. And so I feel like I I don't want to see it, but I feel like I have to because I've been screaming about how much better this would be. So I've I've screwed myself. I'll be seeing the Hunger Games prequel. <laughs> no, you're right though. That's the interesting part. Is like how does society get so far down the wrong yes. path that we got to like, nominate children to kill each other? Like so Katniss, yeah, that'll you know, Katniss Everdeen, you know, shooting an arrow at other kids is interesting, I guess. But I want to know. But it's why very PG thirteen. It's very pulled back. It's very you know pulling all sorts of punches. Sure, it, of it, it didn't feel this authentic. Is for, this is for fourteen year old girls. Yeah. yeah. Not to be dismissive, but that's I mean quite obviously the studio's play when putting this thing together, and it could have sure. been so much more. But I mean, what, what I'm what I'm saying is that they didn't make it for me. They made it for another audience, and I, 
and annoys me. <laughs> I want them to make this for me. Already mentioned the holdovers and the bike riders. Uh, uh, Wish looks good. Uh, the new Pixar movie, uh, Dream Scenario with uh, Nicolas Cage. Have you seen the trailer for this? No, I don't watch trailers. Okay, fun trailer. He looks great. He plays a, a chubby, bald man. Um, next goal wins. I know you're at least intrigued. Uh, May December um, about an aging, uh, an aging uh, film actress played by uh, Julianne Moore. Um, Pain Hustlers, and yeah, that's it. Yeah, this is where we get in trouble too, because some of these that are on our also rents might be way better than any of the movies that are on our. Oh yeah, I totally brushed list. over like like uh, May December or Pain Hustlers could be the best movie of the year. Next goal wins is a. Uh, uh, Taiki Waititi, and it's a story of uh, an actual American uh, Samoa soccer team that was just awful, I guess, at the 2001 FIFA match. I don't remember. I And I was around. I was paying attention to things, and I don't remember this story, so I must have somehow missed it. But this is starring Michael Fassbender, and uh, of course, we have uh, Elizabeth Moss in there who can do, do no wrong. I mean, she might be the greatest actor we have working today she's so good she plays the goalkeeper in this <laughs> she's very, that's how good very, she is she's very very good hopefully she's not wasted in this role uh fastbender never ever mails it in i don't think that's he, he knows how to this could be very very funny it could be a, a runaway hit and I, that's what i hope it is we're talking about next goal wins yeah. of course some much needed levity in the uh, fall season uh, the creator's already been talked about. 57 Seconds also has a Macon Blair uh, connection. It's an R-rated film. The poster made me very concerned. It's starring Morgan Freeman and directed by Rusty uh, Cundiff. But Macon Blair is one of the writers on it, and uh, we shall see. Uh, also, Foe from the director of Lion. Uh, Foe looks like it could be interesting. Uh, for sure. I think I've seen a trailer for this one. Uh, it's, uh, it's Shurza Ronan. And uh, Paul Mescal, Sersha, Sersha Ronan, I should know that by now. And Paul Mescal, uh, who kind of confounded, uh, confused us when he was up for best best actor last year from his part in, um, oh God, what was the name of that movie with his daughter? I'm trying to blank, Brian. I'm so who, sick. What? Who is I'm, it? I'm totally. I'm to- Paul Mescal. I'm, oh, I'm totally, um, totally leaning on the being sick thing. After no, Sun. He, he's not nominated. After Sun. Thank you. After Sun. Yeah. Best actor. But this is a, a drama sci-fi thriller from Garth Davis uh, called Faux. Uh, Garth Davis, of course, he, he did the Top of the Lake uh, TV series, which was very good, which I watched, as well as Lion. Um, Lion. Hey, let, me ask you, let me ask you a question. Mm. Uh, how many Oscars do you think Shersha Ronan, uh, how do you know how old she is? Probably 30, 33 years old. Uh, how many Oscars do you think she's been nominated for? By now? How many has she been? That's right. Four, four, yeah. Uh, right? Atonement. Uh, when she was a young girl. Brooklyn, Ladybird, and Little Women. My God, four Oscar nominations. Uh, at whatever age, how old is she? She can't be that old. That's why they call her Oscar Hog in the business. Oh, is that true? I hadn't heard that. Yeah, Sherja's Oscar Hog. Oh, she's uh, only twenty nine. Wow, that's Jesus. incredible. Take that, James Dean. Uh, the Royal Hotel. 
comes out October 6th here pretty soon, and that is from uh, director Kitty Green and is also starring yes. Julie yes. Julia Garner. Uh, we just enjoyed Julia Garner and Kitty Green's work with The Assistant, assigned to us by Matt Rixner. Uh, we were both kind of blown away by that movie, and they team up again here with uh, Royal Hotel, which is about uh, U.S. backpackers Hannah and Liv, and they take a job in a remote Australian pub for some extra cash and are confronted with a bunch of unruly locals and a situation that grows rapidly out of their control. Uh, something very creepy about Australia when it goes bad. <laughs> something very creepy. That's so right, remote Australia. We will see uh, if that one lives up. It is R-rated, so it could be honest and real. I, um, I just had my mind blown again by Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse Ronan. And uh, this one's on me uh, because I did not realize that Miss Ronan is an American actress. I thought that she was British for sure. Well, you assumed it with that name, right? Uh, well, apparently, she's American born and raised in Ireland. Well, I'm in. I'm dumb. Five Nights at Freddy, Freddy's is going to make a lot of noise when it comes out. I don't know if it's going to be impactful noise or noise that sticks around, but a lot of people are going to be talking about that Five Nights at Freddy. At Freddy's when it comes out, October 27th, I'm assuming not, we're going to be. Not as interested. I'll, I'll see uh, it, but. Uh, got a real cult following, and it trickles all the way down to my son, who is now six, but he's been kind of obsessed with uh, Freddy for the last couple years already. So Wait, people dress up. <laughs> no, it's just this story that's okay. been. I'm not. Okay. But they they finally have a movie and people are amped. People are excited right. about Five Nights uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, which is essentially uh, if you if you'd imagine uh, Chuck E. Cheese yeah, uh, yeah. closes down. Well, the, what's the other one? The fire. What's it called again? The fire. Know, there's that documentary. Documentary about that guy that collects all these all these things, but these well, things. Yeah, but there was sorry, the rock fire explosion was like a Chuck E. Cheese uh, competitor. And I think that's the documentary about the guy that has preserved a bunch of those in his house, and it was an interesting documentary. I can't remember the details now, but yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's is um, when these guys come to life and they come kill you, and it looks goofy. It looks like it could be kind of fun. Emma Tammy directed it, and it. Uh, is got Matthew Lillard, Mary Stewart Masterson is back, and uh, Josh Hutchinson talking about Hunger Games. He's in this as well. Okay. So that's Five Nights. There's something else I was going to say about Five Nights, but I can't remember, Boring. and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Thanksgiving is finally coming out, Brian. I'm surprised this isn't on your list. No, it, it feels it, it feels a gimmick. Obligatory. Like it, was, like it, didn't, it was a fun little trailer in Grindhouse, and yes. so many people demanded that it, you know, they almost willed it into existence, and here it is. Uh, Eli Roth has heard the people, and he has made Thanksgiving, and I think it's just going to be a bloodbath. I think it's just going to be a whole oh. lot of schlocky. Speaking hmm. of which, I don't know why. I literally just had a repressed memory. What, when are we getting um, the third... Uh, in the trilogy, uh, Maxine, that that uh, the uh, the trilogy X? of the yeah, it's not Maxine. What was her name? Her name. Ma- not- I thought it was Maxine with three X's. No, it's a- it was X, and then oh, Brian, don't put me on the spot when I'm sick like this. It was X and Pearl. Pearl was yeah, was the yeah yeah yeah. So the third movie is Maxine. I thought. Okay, maybe you're right. I don't know. I don't. I don't know when that's going to happen. Why are we getting it? <laughs> Settle down. I don't know. It's okay. Uh, Blumhouse. Uh, uh, I should also go back and say Blumhouse is the uh, studio that put out uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. So I know it's going to make noise. And then I talked about uh, Thanksgiving. And then finally, Wonka. Wonka is a movie that I don't 
want to exist. I don't need it to exist. And I'm terrified of loving this movie because it is from Paul King who wrote and uh, directed it. And Paul King has made things that I love, namely (laughs) Paddington and Paddington 2. So if he does anything remotely similar with this one, I might fucking love everything. I'm afraid to like it. And if it's if it's anything like Paddington, the, the amazing thing about Paddington is Paddington was the bear was the the weakest part of the movie. It was all of the supporting cast yeah. and characters that really made that move. The, both those movies sing. Yeah. Paddington he might do the same thing. There. He might do the same thing here. This one comes out December fifteenth. I'm sure we'll cover it. Uh, I just hate the fact that it 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 exists right now, <laughs> but that could all change. Fucking Wonka, uh, Timothy Chalamet as a young Wonka, uh, and he's really hamming it up. A lot of hamming. God, I hate, I hate, I hate to like him. I, I don't want to give it up, but he's a good actor. He's a great actor, and he's not going anywhere. And we're going to have him in our things for years to come. <laughs> years. If he, if he years dies young, come. like in the next year, I'm gonna be so conflicted. Don't say that, Brian. Don't put that out there. Okay, All right, here we go. Let's let's move on. The show's uh, rambling on gambling results. Uh, we did haunting in Venice. Uh, I said 65 for some foolish reason. Brian said 61. Actual review with two night actual score with 219 reviews. The actual Rotten Tomato score is 78%, making Aww. me the winner. Gambling bit. Uh, Expendables four or expend four bowls is the way oh, you actually no. say the title. Is I guess. It like me three again. Uh, what is your guess for expend four bowls? I heard it's I a, a really heartfelt. No, it's heartfelt Wars. and. They brought in, um, they brought in some top of the game people because they they are looking for Oscars for the this. The trailer one. for this is so bad. I, I no, 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 no. It's really, really good. Oh, really? There's that one part, yeah, because there's like cool, fresh dialogue. Uh, I think Fifty Cent says that's what I'm talking about at one yeah. point. Which, at one point, he's like, "Hey, look at this face. Don't shoot it." Yeah, and that was really funny. I laughed pretty hard at that part. I think a little pee came out. I laughed so hard. Oh my at god! That part. But then when he when he said. Uh, that's what I'm talking about after like he shot a big gun and there was an explosion. Like I got chills. It was so good. You know, I was like, yeah, that's what I was talking about too. Whatever it was we were talking about, but that, that was it. I was talking about that. I think, you know what I mean? It was just, it was so good. It's just, I love it, Brian. I love it. Is this one of the uh, sequel speakers and we makes we can look forward to you talking about? Yeah, this was uh, number one on my list. Expend four bowls is uh, ex- exactly what I think Hollywood needs more of. Yeah, get back to your roots. It's not Hollywood's fault. It's 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 because it's not even domestic, really. It's just this thing is going to do gangbusters overseas, and I don't understand, Brian. I don't understand. Even the filmmakers realize that they don't have to try with lines like "That's what I'm talking about." They don't give a fuck. Because they know it's going to make money. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. All right, I have a score. Let's do it. I'm going the first number that came into my head. Ready? Yeah, on three. One, two, 51. 38. Oh, way lower. Right. 38. I don't know. Currently with zero reviews. Oh, that's nothing. a good sign. All right, let's get out of here. All right. Is there really no, uh, there's already Wednesday. Must know. Why don't you check? Why don't you push refresh? See if it's... Oh, I'm already there. Expendables 4 has uh, no Rotten Tomato score, as far as I can tell. All right. no Let's rock this. Score. Let's rock and roll this. Let's get going. No score. Uh, I will There's tell no you score. that uh, 
It's sitting at 5.1 on IMDb. I don't know if that makes a difference. Oh, no. That means my 51 is probably way too high. Why did I do that? Who cares? There's no stakes anyways. I don't even know why we gamble anymore. Fine. <coughs> the only time Expendables 4 will be mentioned on the show. <laughs> I took uh, my dad towards the end. Uh, you know, he was pretty pretty far gone with his dementia, but he was still living at home, and I was still taking him out to lunch and, and movie theaters. It was... It was waiting like he would, I, you know, I'd, we'd be at the ticket counter, at the popcorn counter. I'd be buying a popcorn and he would be going on and on to the poor lady that, you know, worked behind the counter that she should have a tip jar. And she's she's losing out on all sorts of money. You should always have a tip jar on the counter because, you know, people will tip you. And she's like, no, sir, we're not allowed to do that here at the movie theater, sir. Please, sir, here's your popcorn, sir. And he kept, he would not let it go. Keep Just, moving. all right, dad, keep it moving. But yeah, I took him to the Expendables and he, he enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, Jim Rutherford, excellent listener. Art, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Anderson, you look, uh, your the body they gave you is much chubbier than uh, than what, what it would uh, be portrayed in real life. I did not notice that, but thank you for pointing that out, Brian. Mm. I, I need everyone to know that. It's good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Jim Rutherford, thank you for listener Art. Check that out over at AndersonandBrian.com. But while you're there, check out Roundhouse. There are feature artists this week. And uh, go ahead and uh, tap on that Amazon link. Uh, that'll take you over to Amazon, do your shopping, buy whatever you want, buy more than you want if you'd like, and uh, cost you absolutely nothing. And we get a few pennies on the back end. So win, 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 win. Daddy, why do I have to join the Boy Scouts? That's a fair question. <laughs> I think Thanks. I think my, my wife would be pretty upset with this listener art. Oh, really? If I explain to her where, where the bit comes from, yeah. What? Uh, where does the bit come from? <laughs> or, I think I misheard you, and you were suggesting that uh, you, you, you. I thought you were saying something that like all kids have to go to the Boy Scouts, like they have to sign up, like for military. I don't know that. Like they got drafted, and then I was suggesting that a bunch of like, uh, you know, creepy, uh, chubby, rosy-cheeked men were like, yes, they have to sign yes, up. Yes, they must. Each boy, each boy must. All right. Anderson and Brian is the Instagram. Anderson and Brian is the TikTok. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, The Film Vault, the YouTube, The Film Vault Podcast. Thanks, Eric Kath, for maintaining the YouTube page. We appreciate you. We'll be back on YouTube next week. When Anderson's feeling better, hopefully. Uh, Giovanni, Brian. Burns, Mike Cole, thank you guys for your assistance. What's up? Well, over under, uh, what would you put the, uh, the money at that Wonka shows up on my top 10 list at the end of the year? Oh my god. What do you think the money line is? Uh that's a long shot. I would say minus no, plus uh a thousand. I I, I it's possible like that plus two twenty. That's it? Yeah, I mean I I I can't allow myself to put it on a list, but I know my taste and I know what this guy's done before and that's true. There's a very good chance that I'm going to love this and just be so so ashamed. And so upset. Do you know that Guillermo del, the great Guillermo Guillermo del Toro, had Paddington Two as his favorite movie of the year a few years ago, and I I can't movie, I can't fault him for it. I mean, it was a great fucking movie. Oh no! Exciting, exciting. Yeah, I I would put it a longer shot, but you make a compelling point. There's Hugh Grant, Sally Hawkins, Olivia Coleman, Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean himself, Keegan, Michael Key. These are the people. Matt Lucas is in there. These are the people that might make this movie sing. You've won me over. 
Yeah, there's a path to success for this movie. I will not allow it to be on any, uh, you know, a hopeful list though, or antici- anticipation sure. list. Anticipatory. But, but I can't, I can't help but be honest. And if it, if it strikes, oh, but people are floating around and stuff. Hey, it looks corny. I hate it. I get it out. Okay, let's get out of here. You're really like this movie. Yeah, I don't. Maybe I just ban it. Maybe I, there's a world where I just don't see it, and then I can just be safe. <laughs> oh no! What, what like it singing like, numbers. What if it's like 99% of the one tomatoes? What is well, that doesn't affect. I don't give a fuck. I'm saying, what is the universally beloved? It might be. I, I, I can see a world where that happens. Right. Well, I'm excited for this. All right, you guys. Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. And until next time, we do it for bad guys.